Hey, thank you, thank you. Um, oh, you're so far back there. Hey, can you come back up here? Yeah, Nathan. And then who was the last girl that lost? He. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah, these are um, having to be honest. Okay. I think that's a good book. I've never read it. But I've read that book, and it's my favorite book. And this is like what we're talking about tonight. It's like the best book, books on, on it. And I wanted to give those to my friends. Also, I'm glad you guys are here. Um, sweet. You guys okay? Dude. Okay, good. Um, okay, cool. So, so when I was young, I, I need to tell you this story, okay? But I need y'all to understand something about this story. I was 10 years old, okay? So if you think of me doing this right now, it's going to get kind of weird, okay? But if you think of me when I was 10, then it's going to be okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm trying to iron this out. There we go. Um, okay, so I had I had just moved to to Texas, and um, to Desoto, Texas. Do you guys know where that is? Exactly. That's right. It's it doesn't matter. Um, and and I'm new there, and it's my first month in Texas. It's also, I look back now and realized that my family did not have hardly any money, okay? Because we would eat at CeCe's Pizza a lot. It's what? I didn't say it wasn't good. Who said that? I never said it wasn't good. I said I knew I was poor. <laughs> it was it was like I, I wanted to look it up. I, I lost track of time. I think it was thirty cents times your age if you were a kid. So I was ten, so I was eating for like three dollars and my brother was eating for like a dollar twenty. Like it was so cheap. Um we used to have a CC's here. It is good. Me and Christopher used to go there a lot. Wherever he is. Um, it was good. It's getting weird. So I'll, st I'll, I'll move on. So we had no money. We ate at CeCe's, me and my brother. But because we saved money, we got to play some video games after, right? Because that's the point of eating at CeCe's Pizza. So we were playing. Sorry. We were waiting in line for the jet ski game you know what i'm talking about where you're like standing on the jet ski wave runner it's just a jet ski and 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 i'm waiting there for this you know the kid to be done and my brother's in front of me and we're like watching him and you know you're like watching it you're into it so the guy gets done and it's my brother's next and so it's his turn and i'm standing behind him and i and i kind of give him like a you know like a like a good game you know what i'm saying like to my little brother, and he turns around, and his whole face is not the same as I remembered it was. It's not the same person that I thought it was. Um, 
So I was 10, okay? I was 10. And he wasn't my brother. And it, so it was the first time I was in Texas, first time I was at CC's, and honestly, I think it was the first time I ever got embarrassed. So that's my story. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. So this story makes me think about, I heard this the other day, like when you get in a group like this, like a big group of people, and we talk about God, um, we may think we're talking about one person and we're completely wrong, right? Just like I was when I got my brother to go play the, way, the jet ski game. And so we really all, when we're worshiping, when I talk about God, when we're talking about missions, all these different things, we could be talking about completely different, you know, ideas. But we say this, God is a person, right? And so one main thing that we want to do, the Bible says that sometimes when you think about God, it's like looking through a, like a darkened glass. So think of like a, like a crusty, grimy window that needs, you know, scraped off and cleaned and all that type of thing. And one thing that I want to do tonight, and this is really my prayer, is that we would be able to clean off some of that window so that we can see God, God rightly. And then after tonight, not just be like, oh, that's cool, Charles helped me, but I want you guys to take home the tools. Maybe some of us need a scraper. Maybe some of us just need a washcloth to be able to keep these, these windows clean so that we can see the real God. Does that make sense? Um, I'm really pumped. And so what we're talking about tonight is like God is our father. And, and when we talk about that, I, even, even when we talk about the idea of father, that might be a different experience for every single person in this room, right? Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Some of it's I wish I knew, some of it's I wish I didn't know, you know, type of thing. And our experiences are valuable and they're really real. The experiences that we've had with our, with our fathers at home or our fathers not at home, they're very real. Um, but this is the deal because God is very often throughout the Bible described as a father. Um, sometimes those ideas of God, whether they're good or bad, can distort, sorry, sometimes those ideas of our father whether they're good or bad, can distort our view of God. Does that make sense? So, so this is like, this is kind of a big deal. Um, and when we're thinking about our father, if we didn't have the greatest um, uh, experience, then loneliness and rejection or unmet expectations with the father can make you bitter and isolated. Um, and then these two things can happen. You can, you can have self-pity or um, you, can, you can just kind of be like, you can have self-interest, like, I'm the victim here. You don't know what it was like for me. Um, or what, I, what I'm hoping tonight will be is you can discover that you've inherited an amazing father in God, okay? Um, I want us to walk away saying, man, I never thought it could be like this. My dad was great. He, God's not ten times better than your good dad, okay? Like, like, it's just different. And so when we're talking about this, George McDonald says, um, the refusal to look up to God as our father is the one central wrong in the whole human affair. The inability, the one central misery, whatever serves to clear any difficult from the, excuse me, whatever serves to clear any difficulty from the way of the recognition of the father will more or less undermine every difficulty in life. In other words, everybody has a problem when they see God as their father. But when it starts to clear up, other things in your life start to clear up. Any difficulties you have in life can be changed when we begin to see God as our Father in the right way. That's pretty cool. So I think tonight, as we're talking about this, this is a big deal.
Um, so when you get saved, you give your life to Jesus, and you stop living selfishly, the Bible says that you're adopted by God. Um, this can be kind of confusing in our context today. I've had lots of questions. I was, I'm like, oh, I thought I was born, I was God's child when I was born. Um, I thought I was born again. Um, does this mean that I'm, I don't know anything. I don't, I'm not adopted. And so I don't know if like an adopted kid in my family would be like more special than, you know, us normal kids or if they'd be less special. I don't know what that's like. Um, would this mean that I'm like estranged? Hey, thanks for raising me. But now that I'm like grown, like we're estranged now. Like this is, these are questions that I've had as, as we talk about this idea of adoption. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 36, it says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons, of, excuse me, as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So tonight, what I want to talk about is, is this question. What kind of family, if I'm, if I'm adopted into God's family, what kind of family am I being adopted into? Okay, does that sound good? Cool. I'm going to pray and then, um, and then we'll keep going. Jesus, we love you. Um, God, we need you. Lord, I, I really do need you to speak through me. Um, this is such a weighty thing. And... Lord, if, if we can understand this, our Chi Alpha will be different. If we, if we can understand this, our dorms will be different. Our classes will be different. God, I, I really do believe that this is something that, that you want to speak to us tonight, God. And so I just pray for everybody here that you would just open ears to your voice, open eyes to see what you want them to see, God. And I pray that you would just use me tonight, Lord. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. So what family, what kind of family am I adopted into? Um, the first thing, first kind of characteristic of the family is this is a family with the perfect father, a family with the perfect father. Like my dad's the best. My dad can beat up your dad. Um, so, so we're talking about God, God fundamentally, the most important thing about God, we t we've talked about several aspects of God throughout the past couple of weeks. We talked about his faithfulness last, last week we talked about him being our king and, and like what he deserves, right, from us. Um, I think the most important thing is, is actually not this, uh, so <laughs> hear me right, is his holiness, okay? Um, and when we're talking about characteristics of the Father, I think his holiness is the most important thing. That, that's kind of like the thing that we talk about where it's like God is infinitely better than blank. He is powerful. He is loving. He is kind. He's generous. He's looking out for my best interest. He's all these different things. God is holy, and that means that his way is the best way. His way is better than my way. His way of, of, of saying things, of doing things, of living, living a certain way, God's way is the best way, okay? And, and so when we're talking about characteristics of the Father, he's holy. Um, I'm going to go through a couple things I'm not going to, like, I can't exhaust the characteristics of God, okay? So I'm just going to go through a couple things that I think are really important in, in this setting. Um, God is a loving father, okay? Um, God is a loving father. When, when that verse said that we are adopted as sons of God, this is so foundational for us to understand, especially 
if we if we didn't have a great relationship with our dad um what god wants you to know is that you're the apple of his eye that you are the most you like you bring a smile to his face he loves being around you you're not a nuisance you're not an inconvenience you're not um you know getting in the way of what he's trying to do you're not you're not like a like a like a stain on the family or anything like that when I start thinking about if I, I'm like, man, I want, I am the beloved son of God. These, this is what I think about. God loves me. Okay. God loves me. I've said this before, but if you just kind of separate that out, God, who is God? He's the king. He's the father. He's, he's the ruler. He's all these things. He's the, he's the best thing. He's the biggest thing I can think of. God loves. It's unconditional. It's undeserved. It's unfair that he loves me this much. He's looking out for me. He's happy when I'm around. He's smiling when I'm around. And then me. It's easy for me to say, hey, man, I, I believe with all my heart that God loves everybody in this room that's sitting down. Right? Like, I believe that. I believe everyone loves everyone in the lair. I believe that God loves everyone on, the, on this campus. But also God loves Charles. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's, like, important for us to, like, remember and maybe sometimes say, like, man, God loves me. Like, a lot of people, like, smile and say, like, God loves you, and that's great. But, like, I think it's really cool to say, like, like you get up and you're like, man, God loves me. Um, God is, he's so loving that he wants and he knows what's best for you. This is the kind of father that we have. He wants and he knows what's best for you. You might not understand God, I have these desires. God, I want to do it this way. God, you don't understand. God, this, this, this. You can ask him about it. He's, he's, he's patient. He's loving. He wants you to talk to him. Bring up these things. God, I don't understand why you aren't cool with this. God, I don't understand why I went through this. Like, God really wants to walk with you through this. Um, he, he cares so much, and, and, he's, and, he, and he can take it. Like, when you're mad, like if something bad happens— and you're angry, God can take it. Does that make sense? Like, like he, if you're angry and you're yelling at him, he's patient enough to kind of bear what you're going through. Uh, the other day, we were in the car for, like, several hours. I have two kids. Um, Oak is my son, and Margo's my daughter. And Margo's one, um, and she was in her car seat, and and... Katie was kind of giving me like a little shift off to not have to drive the whole way. And Margo's like losing her mind, like screaming and crying. And um, we're like, it's not that big a deal. Like we're kind of used to it. So like neither one of us were like, shut up. Um, it was like, a, it was like a patient day. And so I kind of, I was trying to give her her passy. I was trying to give her her bottle and her little bear. And I was, you know, like ultimately I just kind of put like a heavy, like a heavy hand, you know what I'm saying? Like on her, on her legs and kind of just like kept her still and and she lost her mind right like like she was like i'm not gonna imitate her but she was like no 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 and it was like sounded so funny oak's like looking at his ipad and like no idea and katie's like laughing and i'm just like like i could take it she's lashing out at me furiously right like with everything inside her she's angry and and trying to get me to stop but I know it's best for her and and I could take it and I'm telling y'all like what was it like seconds later she found peace you know what I'm saying I knew what was best for her I gave her the passy and within a minute she was asleep you know what I'm saying and so when we're thinking of God as like loving 
It's not just like, hey, you get to do whatever you want. I'm going to give you everything you've ever thought of, and you can not ever get in trouble. Like, he knows what's best for us, and he's willing and he's able to bear the anger that we have, the confusion that we have, as long as we take it to him. Does that make sense? Um, This is just a big deal. He's kind, but he's no nonsense when it comes to hurting ourselves or hurting others. He's, he's like, hey, just stop. Like, I love you. Like, I don't want you to do this to yourself or others. You don't understand um, um, what this is going to do to your future. Um, so, yeah. So, God, God is loving. Um, also, God is innocent. He's an innocent father. There's a story that Jesus tells in uh, Luke chapter 15. Um, it's a sweet story. It's, it's the story of the father's heart. Katie mentioned it a, a few weeks ago, but it's this idea of, uh, of, a, of a young man. He's, he's y'all's age. He's like 18, 19, 20, something like that. And he basically hates his dad. And he goes to his dad and he says, hey, I wish you were dead. So give me all the money that you were going to give me as an inheritance. And I'm just going to get out of here. And so the father's like, you know, brokenhearted. He's not like, all right, son, get out of here. He's like brokenhearted. Like, this is the end of our relationship. Um, and, and you decided it, not me. And so the son goes off, and it says he goes off into this, this far-off country, and he squanders all this, all this money. And so, like, if it, was like a, if it was like a Netflix show, it would be like the montage. You know what I'm saying? Like, sex, drugs, rock and roll, like, snorting everything, drinking everything, like, party, party, party. And, and basically, he ends up, um, he kind of wakes up in this um, pigsty, okay? And it sounds, oh, gross, pigs are, pigs are yucky. But to a, uh, he's a Jewish guy. To him, this meant that he was not only completely cut off from his family, he was completely cut off from his society. He could no longer, like if he walked around, he, he actually couldn't. He'd have to be... He'd have to go be cleansed and, like, take a week off of, of everything in order just to get the pig off of him. Does that make sense? And so for us, this is, like, kind of weird. But he's, but he's eating what the pigs are eating. He's sleeping where the pigs are sleeping. And he just kind of comes to his senses, and he's like, what am I doing? And, and he kind of has this thought. He says, um, it would be better for me to be a servant in my father's house than to be free in this pigsty. Okay. It would be better for me to be a servant in, the, in my father's house than to be free in this pigsty. And so he kind of, he humbles himself, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go back to, m- to my dad's property. And, and he goes, and the coolest thing, this is the, the story of the father's heart. The, the father isn't just, like, going about, like, um, cut off his son. He's waiting for him to come back. And he's sitting there, and he sees him far off, and his, and his son's basically, like, groveling, like, crawling back in, in apology and his father runs to him and kisses him and, and hugs him and, and throws a party for him. And, and this is what God's like, okay? He's, he, nobody would ever say in this story that I just told, that Jesus said, um, that nobody would ever say that the father was at fault here, right? The, the worst thing he did was enable his son or something like that, right? Like, like he had mercy, he had love towards him, but he was also in it, innocent. The son was the guilty party. In Galatians 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, and this is just like the story, you are no longer a slave, but a son. 
And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. This, none of this was God's fault, okay? When you guys are going through stuff, when you guys are going through difficult things, when you guys have questions, when you're angry, none of it's God's fault. Typically, sometimes it's circumstances, but sometimes it's my fault. Like, God didn't bring me through the fire sometimes I'm the one who set the fire and then like rolled around in the gasoline and then set the fire again. You know what I'm saying? Like praise God. He's innocent. Praise God. He's loving. Praise God. He's merciful. But that's what God's like. Okay. Um, what kind of family is this? We, ha- we have a family with a perfect father. We also have a family with a brother who loves you um, and is for you. Okay. A brother who loves you and is for you. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus is an example of being a great son to his father, okay? Like, like he's awesome. In um, Luke, there's not a whole lot that kind of shows what Jesus was like as a kid uh, in the Bible. It's fun to think about, um, but there, there, is, there are a few stories. But one verse in Luke chapter 2, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man, okay? So this is like, you got to think about it. Like, Jesus had to learn his ABCs. Uh, He had to learn his colors. He had to learn his animals. Even though he created them, he had to, like, learn what the animals were. He grew in stature. I don't think I've ever thought about him being, like, little. I don't know. He didn't come out of Mary, like, 6'3". You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, he grew in stature. But it also says that he grew in favor with God and man. Okay, so he made friends with with other people and he also learned and made friends with God. Isn't that cool? Like even Jesus did this. And he was like I said, he's our example of being a great son to his father. Jesus, as he grew in relationship with the father. He began to recognize his identity. And when we're talking about God being our father. There's another aspect. It's like, yes, God's our father. But then there's this aspect of us being his children, right? And, and Jesus had to walk through that, and he did it in an amazing way. He knew his identity as a son. And, and this is cool. Jesus worked from his identity. He didn't work for it. Jesus worked from his identity. He didn't work for it. He had to, the way he talked, the way he lived his life, people didn't understand. He knew that God loved him. He knew that the Father was for him, and that's why he did what he did. Why else would he live a holy life? Why else would he say the things that he said? Why else would he, I mean, guys, like, controversy. Like, it doesn't really paint a great picture of it sometimes in the Bible how gross the stuff that he did was or, like, how misunderstood the things that he did was. Like, when he was talking to certain people, it was a scandal. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it was, like, bad news, and and Jesus still did this. He um, got alone and prayed. He, he, he made friends with people that weren't the best friends to him. He made friends that people that ended up betraying him. And he ended up joyfully going to the cross because he knew who the father was. And he knew that he was his son. Isn't that cool? Like, like this is a big deal. So he knew his identity. Um, in the family of God, our identity goal is to, is to understand that we're his child. Okay? It's not basically to be like our identity goal as a mountaineer is either to like slip through and no one notice me or get good grades or 
um, be really popular or have a lot of friends or I don't know, do something crazy, like climb the bell tower or something like that. Like, like having kind of like these different, um, ambitions as a mountaineer, but in the family of God, the, the goal is just to be God's child. Does that make sense? That's just, that's, that's my identity. I don't need to stand out (laughs) in his family. Like, like it's fine. Um, God, Jesus didn't try and get God to like him by doing these extreme things. He just did what God asked him to do. Um, I think if, if our identity is off, this can kind of be really confusing. Like, well, it seems like Jesus wanted to do this. Why else would somebody live like this? Why else would someone go talk to strangers like Jesus? Why else would someone go to the Netherlands where they're doing all these drugs? They don't even speak the same language. And you're like sitting through this church service that you don't understand. But you get to see these things. Why else would you give your money to the church? Why else would you go to small group instead of going out? Why else would you? You know what I'm saying? Like it's because people know who their father is. There's no other good explanation to do these things. Otherwise, it really is kind of a waste of time. And, and this, is, this is important. God is, is more concerned with the kind of man or woman that you are than what you do. Okay? God is more concerned with the kind of man or woman that you are than what you do. Thanks. Um, meaning why you do what you're doing. If it's just so that you can make, try and impress God, it's not gonna. You know what I'm saying? If it's just so that you can (coughs) try and uh, look a certain way, or I think I'm supposed to do this, like, man, the only reason that we need to do anything is because that we know our Father and we want to make Him happy. God loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to figure these things out with you. He gets sad if you're wanting to be in the family, you say you want to be in the family, but you act like you don't want to be in the family. In Chi Alpha, this isn't the end, okay? So, like, if you're a college student, all I want you to do, literally, all I want you to do is practice, practice, practice. I don't really care if you get it right all the time. I don't really care this is all we do rally for. This is all we have small group for. We say it's a training ground. We just want you to get reps in so that when you leave and you get a job or you ultimately, you know, have a family or you whatever, you're a godly whatever you are, right? Like, like it's not come to rally. It's not go to small group. It's I want these things to be opportunities for you to be able to get reps in so that you can see what it's like to be a part of God's family in college or a part of God's family in the workplace or a part of God's family as a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then don't stop there. Like a grandpa, a grandma, generations from now recognizing, man, my grandpa, Matt was a godly man. I want to be like him. Like, like Katie's family is so deeply like, I want to say like Christian, but like there's a lot of heritage there that her family comes to, like people that love God. I'm not just talking about like missionaries, pastors. I'm just talking about like businessmen who really love Jesus and make an impact on the people that they're working around. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what we want Chi Alpha to be. This is this is what we're trying to get this this idea. Um, 
of what this looks like. So your job right now is to get in the family of God and figure out what that means. It does mean ultimately that you'll live a certain way, that you'll adhere to a certain standard. Um, but you need to realize that God is your father first and, and that you want to make him happy. Does that make sense? Okay. Are you sure? Okay. Um, yeah, what, what you do, hopefully, what we want it to be is an extension of who you are. What you do being an extension of who you are. You can bring snacks to small group, not to get attention, but to serve people because you love them. You can give rides. You can clean up. You can share what God's speaking to you. List goes on. Invite somebody to rally. Invite someone to small group. Tell your small group leader that you love them and you're excited that they're your friend. Like, I, I don't know. Like, any of these things, if they're real, do them. Like, people are so embarrassed. Dude, I'm the most awkward, like, just weirdo. But I but I don't get embarrassed, like, unless I'm, you know, it's not my brother. Um, I don't get embarrassed because I, I want people to know how valuable they are because I've been shown what that looks like by God and by other people in my life. Does that make sense? Like, if you say this stuff, it's not weird. It's, you might, it might be kind of awkward or clunky, and you're just like, this guy's being sentimental again. But it's not like, like you really can influence the way that people's eternities look because of, of what you say to them and, and how you treat them. Um, yeah, so, um, so when, when we're a part of God's family, we have a perfect father. We have a brother who loves us and is for us and shows us how to do these things. And then we also have a family with redeemed children, okay? Um, Romans 8, chapter, excuse me, chapter 8, verse 14 through 17 says this. Romans 8, 14. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received, here we go, the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Um, sometimes when, when we read this just kind of straight up, there's like, there's a lot that we miss, okay? And this is kind of a clunky, big chunk of scripture, and so I'm trying to simplify it the best way I can. Um, but when it says, ah, oh, no, it's not up there. Um, it says, the Bible was written in Greek. This part of the Bible was written in Greek. And it, in English, it says children or sons. Okay, children or sons. But there's two ideas of this, okay? Um, so you're going to get a Greek lesson. You guys ready? The first one, you can, you can go talk to someone from Greece after this. Uh, the first one is technon. And that means um, child, okay? So sometimes... It'll say child of God, children of God, or sons of God, right? Like, it just kind of all blends in, sounds the same. Um, and I was talking to, me and Grace are talking about this, and Abby, and I was like, man, I'm so confused about this. Like, what is the difference? Like, when I say child or son, it just sounds like my child or my son. It just sounds the same, same thing. Um, so... Think of it this way. If 
if you don't have, let's say you don't, you just kind of like, man, my dad was a bum and I never really had a relationship with him. He's still your dad, right? Like physically, what's the square, like the genes thing. Like that is still true, whether you like it or not, right? So you are, you are that person's child, okay? And, and it seems like a little bit of like splitting hairs or, or whatever, but, but I would say, and McDon- George McDonald says, old McDonald, um, says that you never actually know that you're a son until you're kind of out of the house. And so you can kind of look back and say, oh, man, yes, I'm that person's child, but I really wouldn't say I'm their son. Does that make sense? Like if I didn't, if I didn't have a good relationship with my dad and I look back, you know, 20 years, he didn't really influence me that much. I would, I will say I'm his, chi- I'm his child, but I can't go so far as to say I'm his son. Does that make sense? Like other people raised me, other people influenced me, other people have made me the man that I am today, right? And so when we're talking about technon, that is child, okay? And with God, it, it's a little better. With God, um, when, when you enter into God's family, then, um, and, and you receive eternal life, then you can say, my father has given me life, okay? My father has given me life. The other word for, um, for this child-son stuff is uh, huios, okay? Huios. And, that, and that's where you would say, like, son, okay? Or, like, daughter. Huios is different. It's not just, like, I have the same genes as you. It's I have your character. So my father... Gave me life, but he also passed on his character to me, okay? And so there's a maturing and growing to look more and more like God in a rapid, responsible way, okay? So our father, Technon, has given us life, and then Huios, our father, has given us himself and shown us how to live and how to be followed. Does that make sense? Like, I know this is a little foreign, but to me, man, when I heard this, it not just blew my mind, but it really changed the way that I think about God and the way that I think about myself. So hopefully the same happens for you. Um, uh, ben, you guys can come back up. Um, Abba, or, or Father, is beautiful and essential. So, so for me to understand that I'm a child of God is huge, okay? I, I don't want to say technon bad, huios good. Like, I don't want us to get into that um, mentality, okay? Technon... You have to be born. You have to, you have to be a child of God in order for you to become a son of God. For us to understand that Abba, it's kind of like the, the kid. People say all this silly stuff about Abba. Um, it means father, and it's what a little kid would call their father. It's that relationship. And it's essential, it's beautiful, and it's foundational. If we don't understand that God loves me, if we don't understand that, that he smiles when he thinks about me, that, that I'm the apple of his eye, then we miss some stuff, okay? So my son, he's three years old, uh, fixing to be four, Oak. I love him. Man, he's so much fun. He's the rowdiest kid. He's wild. I mean, like, he's just insane. Running around, howling, like, just like a little three-year-old boy should be. And, and he's fun. So he'll sit on me. He'll, like, ask if he can jump on my stomach, He'll like, 
you know, like a little kid, like he'll straddle me, he'll um, like lick me, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just a little kid, right? Um, you know, he like he was learning to, anyways, it's kind of gross. Uh, he would like watch to try and learn how to go to the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Um, but he also has no responsibility in our house. Like we try and say, hey, bud, can you, can you put up? Or whatever, but I don't have him like take care of his sister in in very big ways, or or take care of our dog, or I don't ask him to like vacuum the house or um, close the, you know close it down or cook dinner or anything like that. So he doesn't have a whole lot of responsibility. So he's not expected to do that much stuff. But when he's older, like if he was like fixing to graduate um, high school. And I said, he's really cute. You know, he sits on me, has to jump on my stomach. He doesn't do anything around the house. He's licking on me, right? Like, then it's weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of funny, but if you could imagine, um, I mean, Ryan, how old are you? Okay, 19. So last year, if you were doing that to me, this would be like weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't imagine it, but. That's what I'm saying. So that that would be like immature, right? I want to come to rally. I want to go to small group, right? Like like that's it. I've been saved all my life, but all I want to do is show up to rally once a week or all I want to do is go to you know what I'm saying? Like like that is technon, okay? You're saved, you're good. But is God happy with that? Do you see what I'm saying? Like like is is that the kind of son or daughter that I want to be to this to this amazing father? So if you just, guys, if you just got saved, or if you're, if you're not even, you wouldn't even say, hey, I'm really not a Christian, but I want to know more about God, that's what you should look like. You should look like Oak looks right now. Eat everything you can. Read the Bible. Ask questions. Um, yeah, like, be angry about stuff. Please, like, listen to podcasts, watch sermons, go to rally, go to church, like, all that type of thing. Ask your small group leader all the questions. So you need to eat. You need to rest in Jesus. Sleep. And then you need to get rid of the waste. You know what I'm saying? So, like, babies, all they're going to do is eat, sleep, and poop. And and that's it. Just just get rid of every gross thing in your life. And and and, and that's all you need to do to, to start out with. And if you try and be like a, you know, like a stud or something like that before you do that, then you're not really growing. Does that make sense? So starting out there, it's, it's healthy to be a baby. Um, if you're a baby, um, but if you stay there, it can get weird. Does that make sense? So that's, that's like for, for people that just got saved or like wanting to know more about this. Like, why are y'all so happy all the time? Um, but, but here's the deal. Whether you just got saved or you've been saved for 10 years or whatever, look, God wants his sons and his daughters to be princes. He wants so much more for you. The Bible says actually kings. And, and he, wants, he wants so much more for you. He doesn't want infants or weirdos that are immature and can't take things seriously. He loves you, okay? He loves you, and because he loves you, he doesn't want you to stay there. We can be grateful that God's not afraid of these things. We can be grateful that he wants strong, mature, trustworthy, gentle, kind, godly men and women. 
we can be sons who make God proud, but also we can be sons who can make God cringe. And, and I don't want to be a son to God who moves back into his basement. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, like I want to be a son of God that, that God can be proud of and that, and that I'm living and growing into the type of man or, or type of woman that he has planned for me because he's a good father. Isn't that cool? Like, this is, this is so exciting to me. So we're fixing to be done. Um, hopefully, as we talked about this, we wiped away some of that grime on the window. Um, but here are a couple tools for you to be able to keep cleaning. So, like I said, some windows need to help, like, your friends to help you. You need to get, like, the scrapers out. You need to get, like, you know what I'm saying, like, maybe just a new window. Um, and, and for real, like, maybe God wants to give you a new window, okay? Um, and, and, and when you give your life to him, he will. Um, but also, some of us may need, excuse me, every one of us will need maintenance on this, okay? The ideas we get when we're, when we're watching stuff or hearing stuff or hurt, the different things we go through can kind of put more grime on that window for us to see God as our Father the right way. And so, this is my challenge, okay? How do you most see God? Do you see him as a king? Do you see him as a, as a father? Um, do you see him as a Santa? Do you see him as a grumpy old man? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these different ways that we can see God. How do you most see God? And as we're worshiping, um, and even when you guys, like, rally is not the only time that you can think about God, okay? Um, so when you guys are at home or this weekend or whatever, um, ask God to show you that he's your father, and he's going to do it. Ask God to show you that he's your father. Might have to get quiet, might have to put some music on, might have to turn the music off, might have to wait till your roommate goes away, you know what I'm saying? But, but ask God to show you that he's your father, and he will. And then write down what he says. This is so cool. I actually know a guy who wrote like a whole letter from God to him. And it showed him that, that hey, you're my son. You didn't disappoint me. I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of stuff. To hear that from God. I mean, imagine if your dad wrote you a letter. Like that would be pretty exciting. Especially if you like never knew him or something like that. Man, this stranger is saying all these great things to me. But if God, who's perfect, he's loving, he's holy, he's out for your best interest, he knows what's best for you. If he wrote you a letter and told you what he thinks about you, I'd like that what that letter would be like crumpled tear filled like I, I wouldn't even be able, it would just be like trash so so pray ask God what he thinks about you and ask him to show him that your father ask him to show you that he's your father um and as we're worshiping I mean I know probably a lot of the songs are going to be similar um with this theme and uh and it's gonna be awesome so I'll pray and then we can um and then we can worship, okay? Jesus, we love you. God, no matter what I've done, thank you for loving me. No matter how I've disappointed you, no matter how I've deliberately hurt you and rebelled against you, Father, thank you for loving me and thank you for being there with open arms, for me to run back to you, God. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.